there, welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins. At 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. We are so excited to be able to continue to equip you through our podcast and YouTube. And today I'm so excited to bring you Dr. Rob Beener. Rob was on our podcast last year and we chatted about healthy limits with technology, mental health and anxiety, as well as collaboratively problem solving as a family. Rob had so many helpful things to say that we thought it'd be great to have him back. Rob is one of the hosts of the Smart Family Podcast, which offers practical advice for all family relationships to help you love being home. Rob is also the Director of Family, Child and Youth Mental Health at Waypoint Center for Mental Health Care and has been practicing in the Simcoe, Muskoka area since 2003. In this episode, we're going to talk about technology, setting healthy boundaries in it, and so much more. Let's get started. It's so great that you can be back again. Oh, thanks, Kim. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, and I'm excited about our conversation that we're going to jump into today. But mm-hmm. before we do, can you tell me something fun that you like to do? Oh, fun. Jeez, I haven't done something fun for a while. No, <laughs> I, I, right? I, uh, <laughs> uh, no but I, I think it's actually important to take yeah. some time to do something fun. And for me, for me, I, I love, um, I'm a kind of guy who likes to do exercise on a regular basis, so yeah. I bike. So okay. I cycle quite a bit. Uh, I've kind of cycled all the roads in my area mm-hmm. and uh, do a lot of road biking and so that's sort of my downtime nice and um, so I took some people golf for hours I bike for hours <laughs> yeah and uh, so kind of dissociate and think about things and it's kind of time for me to rejuvenate so that's nice. what I do for fun and do you yeah. go on your own or do you go with somebody you know what I, I do both okay. so I'll have time when I just completely go by myself and yeah, I go at my own pace and sort of push myself a little bit and then uh, sometimes I go with a group, and that's fun too. That's yeah. a real social part. And you know, sometimes you push each other, <laughs> but sometimes you just kind of relax and talk too. So yeah. it can be cycling can be a lot of fun as a huge group or yeah. as an individual. So yeah. it's one of those great sports. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and so I'm excited about today's conversation. Like I said, mm-hmm. we touched on it like a little bit last time about technology, and said we'd get into it. Right. Um, and when you were on our audio pa- podcast yeah. um, a while back, we did talk a little bit more. But now things have really changed, right? There's been a lot that's happened in over a year, and just let's talk about healthy technology, right? Uh, yeah. Is that like an oxymoron? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, no, but you know, I, I think that, that for sure there can be a healthy balance of how yeah. we use technology. And you're right; like we were worried about screen time before the pandemic. Yes. And then the yeah. pandemic hits, and then suddenly, like we are on screen time out of necessity. Yeah. We, we're having to use All it for school. Time. We're connecting with our grandparents. Yeah. We're connecting with each other that way. Yeah. You know, because we, we're we're not physically getting together as much anymore, especially mm-hmm. for those first few weeks and months. Yeah. Um, and so that was really the only way we could connect was through screen time. And then plus it became our downtime too. So you throw in that, all of that in there, 
and you're and on it like 24 seven, right? You're on, you're on, and, and <laughs> even my work too. You know, we yeah. changed to virtual because I, I do, do mental health. Yeah. And so it was very amenable to change into a virtual format. Yeah. And so a lot of visits happened over telemedicine or like Zoom type calls, okay. and a lot, all of my meetings shifted towards you know Zoom calls. Yeah. And I think going forward, it's it's going to be a bit of a hybrid. You know, we're not going back completely mm -hmm. to everything in person. I think we're going to, and I hope we take the best of technology and blend it with, you know, the best of what we had before in person yeah. and come up with a hybrid that's actually going to, you know, be healthy. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge because um, uh, we, we, we've seen how easy it is for for kids, young kids especially, to kind of really get into games, you know, yeah. almost to the point of where it looks like, like addiction, you yeah. know. And I've seen I've seen some some kids even in visits, you know, really uh, having real difficulty turning a device off, yeah. and, or, or dis disconnecting or disengaging from a device to then having a conversation. Now sometimes yeah. that's more like an avoidance type behavior, mm -hmm. right? It's easier stress, just to be on the know, device, or, or, or they're like they're feeling, you know, it's a comfort like a security blanket kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think all of us, not just kids, all of us to some extent have really gotten. Um, into our devices for mm -hmm. better or for worse, and so I, I think it's it's time to to maybe find a healthy balance and to dial mm -hmm. back a little bit. And I myself too, you know, I, I I I it's easy to kind of you know check the news or check your email um, at all times, yeah. and I've had to take some you know practical <laughs> steps to say like okay, I can't do that. Whether it's putting your phone away in a drawer. Um, you know, not having it at the bedside, you know, uh, in, in the bedroom, you know, just yeah. putting it downstairs to charge. Like, th that's just some practical things that I've done. Just, I don't want my phone to be the last thing I see before I fall asleep mm -hmm. and the first thing I grab when I wake up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that it's just, that's just too much. Yeah. And well, so. and just realizing, right, you need to set some healthy boundaries. Right. Yeah. Right. So. And so if we do that for ourselves, well, if we want that for our kids, I think it's really important we do that for ourselves. And mm -hmm. one of the talks I give, I, I, I kind of go through some really healthy rules for kids. All the parents go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I tell you, <laughs> and then I put aside as same rules for the parents. And, right. And it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but you know, if we don't model what we want our kids to do, yeah. it's just not going to have the same power. Mm -hmm. And so when I say, you know, uh, turn the Wi-Fi off or turn screens off, you know, an hour before bed, that's really good for adults too. Yeah. You know, that's not just for kids. <laughs> and so we can't just sit there and go like, okay, that sounds good for our kids. No, like we got to apply that to ourselves. Yeah. And so I, I'm really hoping that moving forward, we find that healthy hybrid balance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I hope, and we know now schools, you know, in-person learning is valuable for, for most kids. Mm -hmm. There are some kids actually who have done better with online learning, but the majority of kids need that in-person interaction. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean we can never go back to any online or virtual right. learning, that can yeah. still be a tool that we can use to enhance our overall learning. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think we've seen it in other environments as, as well. My work, for example, it's, I'm glad I don't have to travel to all my different meetings. Yeah, that would be know, crazy, right? Around <laughs> the hospital or around my area. Um, it's just so easy to click on Zoom and, and be in a meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but there's going to be many times, though, where I'm like, I wish I was actually physically in the room with these people because our conversation really, it 
you could have a much better conversation in person, right? Yeah. We've all had that point one second yeah. Zoom lag <laughs> where like we're all starting each and other's conversations it, right? and like oh you're talking over the other person. And, and then it just gets so awkward, right? So. Exactly, exactly. Even just this interaction here, yeah. like in person, you know, this would be stilted and yeah. funny and awkward sometimes if we were online, right? Because, yeah. you know, it just seems a bit more scripted and unreal uh, when you're not with another person. Yeah. So, so that's happened. That's true for schools. It's mm -hmm. true for churches. It's true for really most interaction that we have. Yes, technology is a great tool but in-person is so important. And we've seen some kids really lose their in-person, face-to-face mm -hmm. skills, their conversational skills. Yes, um, right, you know, I've noticed kids that. Kids aren't making eye contact anymore yeah. because on a screen you don't really need to make eye contact, no. right? And so um, we, we just need to be careful that kids do still have that those experiences yeah. so that they can grow those interpersonal skills because mm -hmm. you can't do that online. So. So I, I would say it's a healthy balance. Like, yeah. you know, it's never like, okay, all technology is bad. And, and I know, you know because it's in everything, right? So you can't just completely turn it off. Totally. It's ubiquitous. Yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's everywhere. Um, it's going to become more ingrained, hopefully more seamlessly ingrained mm -hmm. in how we, you know, operate and function. Um, but it, in the end, it's got to it's gotta help us, right? We don't want it to drive us further apart. Right. And so... And that's and that's just talking about the technology itself. We haven't talked about content yet. No, like, what are we actually <laughs> we'll get doing into online? that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's so. jump into that. Like well, for boys and girls, it is a little bit different about who is doing what online, right? You're right. You're right. And and these are general trends. You know, that obviously it's not 100, percent but yeah. we see you know boys uh, particularly want to get into gaming. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're less interested in the social media part, yeah. and then and then girls tend to be more. You know, into the social media, into the relationship aspects of you know communication yeah. and uh, and technology. And again, that's not a hundred percent. Obviously, there's right. it, it it kind of spills over um, across genders, um, but that that's sort of a general uh, effect we've seen. And it is easy for for boys, for anybody who's gaming. You know, you get into yeah. a zone. It's called it's called flow. Like you're you're in that zone, mm -hmm. and hours can pass, and you don't even realize it. And yes. my, own, my own son has said it to me. He says, "Dad, it's just so weird. Like I start playing, and then I look up and I realize, oh, I've been playing for two hours, and it doesn't feel yeah. like that. And it's because you know it's the same phenomenon as people who may have problems with gambling. You know, who who start and they realize, okay, now I've been here for six hours. I'm yeah. to go to the bathroom and. <laughs> you know, that happens with, with gaming, too. Those, those yeah. things are meant to be addictive. I mean, mm. You're fighting, you know, psychologists in Silicon Valley <laughs> who have designed all these games and platforms to, be, to keep your eyeballs glued to the screen, right? right? And so they use every psychological tool mm -hmm. to make that happen because ultimately that's where the money comes from. You yeah. keep eyeballs glued to, screen, glued to screens. Um, you know, they see ads and other content that is, uh, you know, revenue generating, and that's really what the goal is. And so yeah. it's come out <clears throat> more and more recently as, as some of these platforms have been exposed mm -hmm. um, that they really can be harmful to kids, and yeah. the same areas of the brain are affected that are involved with addiction, and mm -hmm. so behavioral addictions. And that's, you know, that's the one side. And then, of course, the content for you know, social media can sometimes be really negative too. Um, yeah. Again, not always. You know, there's some really great positive, funny stuff. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> laugh my head off at certain TikToks and 
I was like, that's so true, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and, and funny memes that go yeah. on and, you know, kind of get spread around and it's just fun for a laugh. But, you know, there's the dark side of that too, right? Yeah. And, and, um, and there's, a, there's a dark side to the internet. We, 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 we see a lot of, you know, negative influence can happen there, especially if kids are in a more vulnerable situation mm -hmm. uh, or they just don't kind of see how vulnerable they are. Um, they can be really prone to misinformation, yeah. to negative information. Um, you know, uh, there's there's images around body image, for example, is one area that mm -hmm. there's just a real false and negative message being sent out there that, you know, you, you need to look like this and do these things. Yeah, and it just can right. Be dangerous. It's so. right in your face. And so how would you set a healthy limit for that? Well, you know, um, I so... It, it, as our kids get older, you know, we give them more and more freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, we still have influence, but in, in the early years, you know, we really are still our kids' frontal lobe, mm -hmm. you know? And our frontal lobe is, deals with, you know, self-regulation and executive function skills. Yeah. And that just is not yet fully developed in kids. And so it's our role as parents mm -hmm. to be that frontal lobe for our kids, um, that prefrontal cortex where all those you know, skills grow and develop. Yeah. And those skills develop for 25 years. They don't, yeah. you know, that's not like three years you're done. <laughs> I know, no, right? That starts at like <laughs> minus nine months, you know, to when you're born to like 25 years later. Wow. And so, and of course, you know, you're not going to tell your 20 year old what to do anymore. They're <laughs> on their own. I know, but it's when such a they're different four, story. Five, six, yeah. eight, nine, you know, we, we really do have to help our kids. And, 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 and you do it in a way that is, um, positive you mm -hmm. know and and so reminding like mm -hmm. look hey i know you've been on there for a couple hours like five more minutes or ten more minutes you know just yeah. finish what you're doing yeah sometimes just yanking the plug out of the wall yeah. is probably not going to help your relationship <laughs> um or you know i've heard yeah. parents breaking tablets or throwing oh, them out wow. of car windows yeah and that just sets a negative example and then the other thing kim is really important is that we do what we ask our kids to do yes and i know that sounds like it's yeah, well, <laughs> why is that? And because, uh, you know, we can talk about all these different examples of here are some practical things and tips and limits, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but really, those are as good and necessary for mm -hmm. us. Uh, you know, I've seen as many parents glued to their devices yeah. as kids um, when they should be interacting. Because <laughs> it's and, so easy, right? And we've been doing it now for so long. Right. Yeah. And we know how even, especially in the early years, how... Yeah. Face-to-face -face connection, eye contact, playing those peekaboo type games, mm -hmm. those serve and return type games are just so important. Well, they're just not happening because we're checking. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and again, it's sometimes we're actually doing useful stuff. We're actually, mm -hmm. you know, look up a recipe for dinner or the grocery list or yeah. checking an email, you know, from a relative that needs to be, you know, dealt with right now. But you know, we have to really set sim similar limits for mm -hmm. ourselves and. Cut back on the mindless scrolling for hours, yeah. and and just re-engage physically with our kids to, you know, promote healthy development. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, same rules for parents as for the kids, <laughs> and that's that's that. So we don't get long. off easy. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. Uh, as as human beings, yeah, we see this as a, as a human problem, not just yeah. as a kid problem. Yeah. And so, what behaviors too are you seeing out of this? Um. Like, what do you mean? So, well, like if they've been on gaming a lot, right? And so are you seeing an effect in their behavior? 
Yeah, well, you know, so so it's it really can be hard. The longer a child is on, you know, a device, mm -hmm. the harder it is to take it away. Yes. You know, they kind yeah. of get caught up in it. They they develop streaks or they're on mm -hmm. there for a certain length of time. And so it you're, you're just going to see more and more negative interactions mm -hmm. um, when you try to limit that, right? So it's best right. to start early with and then gradually, like, you know, build on giving more and more mm -hmm. freedom and, and, and fewer restrictions as they get older. Yeah. As opposed to kind of, you know, free for all until they're 10 <laughs> and then realizing, oh, shoot, what do I yeah. do here? Oh, no. And then, you know, one of the yeah. worst things you can do is completely take a teenager device away, yeah. right? Is that just going to backfire? Um, it is. Because that's how they connect now with everybody, yeah, too, Yeah, totally. Right? And again, so, there's that positive side yeah. to it as well. And, you know, we've we, we, it, even during COVID, we, we've mm -hmm. seen a lot of kids be able to maintain their schooling, to maintain their connections yeah. because of technology that we wouldn't have had 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's that whole positive side as well. We can't just be kind of all, you know, harping on it and, and negative about mm -hmm. it, saying it's terrible. Um, yes, there is that that dark side to it, but it's a lot of good too. And so, you know, if you take away, uh, I mean, I, I, I've always said it really it was a kind of extreme measures, especially as kids get older, mm -hmm. become high, it can backfire actually. They're yeah. not just ineffective, they can actually backfire yes. and, and cause the opposite of what we intend to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, so how can you reframe behavior? We were talking a little bit about this earlier, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I talk a lot about <laughs> behavior because, you know, it's interesting because a lot of what's what's called a, a mental health issue, a mm -hmm. mental disorder, is actually just challenging behavior. Right. And so, yeah. um, and behavior is really what we see when a child is trying to cope with the stress. Right. And we, uh, even us as adults, we all have you know, subconscious defense strategies and defense mechanisms that we use to cope with stressors. Mm -hmm. So, and these, and, and sometimes these uh, strategies are, are are adaptive, you know, they're, they're, they're good. Like we, we use our words to solve a problem mm -hmm. or if we're hungry, we eat something. If, um, you know, or, or we take a break or we do some yeah. exercise, you know, that's all like stress reducing. Yeah. But sometimes they're maladaptive, right? And okay. so these are stress, you know, how, how else we could deal with stress if we don't have those, you know, positive coping skills. Sometimes we resort to things like hitting or kicking or punching mm -hmm. or fighting or yelling or arguing or um, even self-harm um, yeah. or, or or, or substance use, you know, that is kind of more extreme examples, but all those things are ways that we use to cope with stress. Mm -hmm. And yeah. those things are all, they might benefit in the short term, you know, they make us feel better. You know, if you drink alcohol, you know, you're going to feel less inhibited and the stress kind of melts away. Um, but that never helps in the long term, right? right? Those things are never helpful in the long term. That's how you identify as being a maladaptive strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, for young kids, like those kind of negative strategies, it's easy to say, like, well, that's misbehavior, when really we should be looking at it as stress behavior. Okay, that's a different way to look at it. Yeah, that's totally. Really that's, and that's, that's the reframing yeah. that I talk about, like putting on those different lenses and saying, like, okay, that's just, you know, a kid doing the best with what they know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to cope with stress. Yeah. And so a lot of tantrums, a lot of that oppositional behavior. I mean, yeah. That's why I don't like diagnoses like oppositional defiant disorder mm -hmm. because they really blame the kid for the behavior when really, in fact, what they're trying to do is 
the best they can right. with a certain stressor, whether that's a social stressor, whether that's a cognitive stressor, whether that's mm -hmm. a biological stressor. You know, there's different domains of stress, and kids just try to cope. And so we got to help those kids shift from using those maladaptive coping strategies to more adaptive ones, mm, okay. more ones that are positive, that are growth-enhancing, yeah. that that grow them, right? Because these maladaptive ones, they, first of all, they can be harmful, mm -hmm. you know, physically, psychologically, yeah. socially, but they also harm relationships. Right. It's hard to be nice to a kid, <laughs> whether you're a parent or a teacher or a friend, to, to, a, to a kid who's, who is exhibiting these strategies, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, yeah. okay, I can maybe manage it for a while. And as parents, we, you know, we, they're our kids. We can't just abandon them. Like we, ha we have to kind of live with that. But you know, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. It's just harder, and the relationships get frayed. Yeah. And strained. That's and so, true. and yeah. that, you know, and that then elicits more negative responses, and you get this sort of downward spiral. Yeah. That happens in these kids that just get, you know, one negative experience after another mm -hmm. negative experience. And then they respond in a way that elicits more negative responses. <laughs> it just keeps going down. And you, you, and yeah. we've seen these kids. You know, they they really they have a difficult time in school, mm -hmm. and then that just follows into next grade. Yeah. And then you know it's hard for them to make friends, and you just see this negative spiral just develop like that. And yeah, and then they're stuck. And so um, their interest in school drops, and they don't do well in school anymore. You don't want to mm -hmm. go to school, you know. And then those kids are at high risk for dropping out and. Yeah, and really struggling. Yeah, know, and so when you see that downward spiral, what are some steps you can take as a parent, or what steps do you take to help somebody to reverse that? Well, I think the biggest thing is actually what I just talked about is reframing, right? Yeah, putting on those different lenses and saying like, okay, you know, very few kids wake up in the morning and say like, okay, <laughs> how am I going to just really tick off my teacher today? <laughs> I mean, there might be some kids that do that, yeah, but really but the majority <laughs> of kids, yeah. like when you see that type of behavior. It's, it's what I call stress behavior. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it catches even them off guard because it's yeah. just almost like a reflex or a subconscious sort of defense reaction that they have. And so seeing it as that, as yeah. opposed to, you know, it, 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 it will elicit much more empathy from us. And when it's kids true. see yeah. that. And so one of the best things that you can do when you see a kid really struggling through their behavior, they're trying to, and say, what are you trying to communicate? Yeah. What is it that's... Because the behavior is just a signal. It's a tip of the iceberg. Okay. What's underneath that that's driving that? Mm -hmm. You know, was there, was there something going on at school today mm -hmm. with your friend, with your teacher? Was there, you know, are you having difficulty with the material at school? You yeah. Know, are you being bullied? Like, what are, the, what are the big drivers of that behavior that's, that we're seeing, the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. that we're seeing? Like, what are something underneath the surface that we maybe really need to pay attention to? Right. Because... You know, you can treat the tip of the iceberg there and you can sort of like help a kid through a temper tantrum, but that's just going to happen again Yeah. if we don't deal with the underlying issue, right? That's yeah. underneath, the, underneath the surface. Yeah. So I think just reframing it that way mm -hmm. as parents will help us to understand our kids' behavior and realize, okay, this is not just some mental health disorder that, right. you know, yeah. just diagnosis needs just treatment or just medication, um, but okay, let's see, what does this actually mean? Like, what's actually being communicated here? Mm -hmm. Because I always say all behavior is communication. Everything oh, that's a good point. Is yeah. the kid trying to tell you something. 
maybe not through their words, which is what we want. Yeah. Those are the lucky kids. Those are the kids we <laughs> right? don't worry about. Right, just sit about. down and tell me. What is it? But it's those kids who, who are using those maladaptive <laughs> strategies are the ones that often get labeled, mm -hmm. diagnosed, mm -hmm. and misunderstood, and then they struggle, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can shift our thinking, like, what are you trying to tell us? What can we help you with? What's, what's leading to that behavior? Mm -hmm. And that will do a world of good to make that downward spiral become really an upward spiral. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Right, because positive influences and positive experiences lead to more positive experiences. Right. We've seen that too. Yeah. Right. So there's as much of an upward spiral as there's a downward spiral. Yeah, and that's okay. And I think it's good for us to recognize as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. Where are your kids in that? Where are you maybe even in that, right? And just right, right. Yeah. Because we often like it's hard for us to shift that thinking because many of us were brought up in that way of yeah. thinking that. You know, when a kid's being bad, they're, you know, they're trying to get attention. They're manipulating us. Right. You know, they're, they're trying to push our buttons. Mm -hmm. Those are words we <laughs> use. And it can feel that way because, you know, we can take it personally. Yeah. And again, if we just shift our way of thinking about mm -hmm. that, we realize that 99% of the time, you know, kids are just, they're trying to tell us something. And yeah. it's our job as parents to figure that out. And and many of us weren't raised that way. Many of yeah. us were raised in a way, you know, where we see behavior as something to be modified. We have mm -hmm. carrots and sticks, you know, yeah. like you reward positive behavior, you punish negative behavior in an attempt to extinguish it. Um, that's really been pretty definitively shown. That doesn't really lead to great relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. And really, we want good relationships, right? Absolutely, so. absolutely. Because yeah. if, you're, if you're trying to, like, kind of force a kid to behave a certain way, you know, if you try to coerce them, it, it, it you might get short-term compliance, mm -hmm. but, but not you'll long never, term. you never yeah. enhance a long-term relationship and it never results in growth. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to really promote long-term growth and, 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 you know, relationship building, um, coercing a child is never going to do it. You mm -hmm. really want to work with them to figure it out together and, and let them know that you're heard, yeah. right? Because behavior just is gonna escalate until a kid feels that they're being heard. Right. And so it's just gonna keep going, getting, you know, they're just gonna ratchet it up. Yeah. And that could really <laughs> tick us off, you know, unless we start to see it in a way like, okay, I, I guess I'm not hearing it. Uh, and, I, and you, you keep drilling down and trying to figure yeah. it out. And then that's just so helpful as a parent. So you can break that sort of, you know, cycle of how we may up ourselves mm -hmm. and realize, oh, maybe understanding behavior and what we're seeing mm -hmm. in our kids in this light is much more useful. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love it. Hmm. And so much to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard. It doesn't it come naturally. It, it really, we really have to, because all of us get triggered too. Yeah. You know, we're all, we all have things that do push our buttons, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's from our own background, how we grew up, you know, experiences that we've had. Everything that we experience gets filtered through decades of our yeah. own experience, right? <laughs> and gets, you know, colored by that. Yeah. And so there might be certain things that our kids are doing that we, we feel our blood pressure rise. And then we have to think to ourselves, like, what is it about that? Mm. What is it about that, what my child's doing now that's making me so angry? Oh, that's and a good it's thing. Like, yeah. You know, maybe there's something that I need to work on. Mm. Maybe there's something unresolved in me. Maybe there's something in my past that, you know, happened to me that makes that so triggering for me. 
mm -hmm. I've seen that happen in parents. I see that happen in teachers. I see that happen in marriages, you know, yeah. when there's certain things your spouse does that is just so infuriating <laughs> or frustrating and you realize, oh, uh, yeah, I, I think I know why that is because, you know, when I was growing up or when I was younger, you know, and I saw that happen, it really hurt me or touched me. And, yeah. and, and we see trauma, we see that really mm -hmm. uh, as being a, a triggering um, antecedent to a lot of things inside of us mm -hmm. when there's certain things that we experience. Yeah. And so sometimes that can be our kids, you know, our kids can trigger things in us because of what we've experienced. Yeah. And so we need to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> and not do. just blame the child or let, or, or, yeah. or let it out on the kid, right? Because yeah. that's just confusing for them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're supposed to help them. And if we, you know, really get rough in, and, and hard, with, harsh with them, yeah. that's very that's confusing helping. for a kid. Very yeah. confusing. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. There, I did, we just covered all of I think so, right? I know, I right think there. so. 15 <laughs> okay, well, what is one thing that you could leave with those that are joining us that's encouraging as they work through healthy limits with technology and just boundaries in that? Um, yeah. I think always have, you know, the bigger picture in mind, you know, when you, mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, when, always, you know, strive for the relationship. Ultimately, mm -hmm. you want your kids to grow up so that when they're adults, they're like, hey, I want to come home and see my mom and yeah, dad, you know? Yeah, that'd be amazing. I want to I spend time with them. Yeah. And even as teenagers, you know, yeah, that your kids, and my, my, my kids make fun of me all the time. And they're like, dad, oh, <laughs> bad joke, dad joke, you know, you hear that all yeah, the time, right? stupid dad joke. And <laughs> they, they roll their eyes at me all the time. But, you know, I, I, know, I know deep inside they, they still want to, be with me. Yeah. I hope so anyways. <laughs> um, but, you know, especially as they grow up and have, yeah. a, and have adult lives of their own, you know, you want that relationship to be genuine, mm -hmm. right? And not mm -hmm. riddled with, with guilt and with, um, you know, feeling like it's kind of artificial, right? You want yeah. a really genuine relationship with your kids. So always, always fight for a relationship and, and really keep that bigger picture in mind. And so when, when, you know, when there are disagreements, you know, some things are worth getting into, but other things, yeah, you know, yeah. it's okay to let some things go too. And, <laughs> and, 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 and it's also okay to, to actually let your kids make some mistakes. You know, we can't be helicoptering around them yeah. all the time. And kids grow through trying out different things and a bit of trial and error, you know. Yeah. Uh, you want to keep your kids safe. You know, mm -hmm. you, you always want your kids to feel safe. You always want home to be a safe base for them. Yeah. And your relationship to be safe for them. Um, and that, that, that should always be the case. Um, and especially with teenagers, you know, are, are their, their safety should be your kind of like yes. main concern. But beyond that, you know, they're going to make some mistakes. They're going to lapse in judgment. And, um, that's how they grow as well. So true, just, yeah. just we all need to just maybe chill a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as parents, and, uh, and if we're not chill, then we should just go maybe you know do a little, do a little mindfulness and do some deep yeah. breathing, or like go on a retreat, or just go for a hike or something, and make sure that our blood pressure is down before we come back and yeah. and. Uh, and interact with our kids. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> As always, Rob, so much information. I love mm -hmm. it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm glad I could uh, share it with you today. Yeah, so again, thanks for being here. Anytime. <laughs>
For those joining us today, I hope that you were encouraged by my conversation with Rob. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. And for those watching the video edition, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss an episode. Also hop onto the discussion by following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 412 Canada. Looking forward to next time. Thanks for joining us.